Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and then there are times where I will be visiting places or uh, taking my friends on tours of other preschools when they're expecting stuff like that, where I do see teachers who are just absolutely perfect, like they could have never done a single thing wrong in my eyes. And there are times when I wonder if they've ever, if those perfect teachers who are doing amazing jobs have ever been in an argument with a child. <laughs> Of because, course they have, because you exactly. saw them potentially when they were at this level. And I realize our listeners can't see what I'm doing, but I know <laughs> Travis can see me on the Skype. But they're they're this beyond. They're they're here on that trajectory. And and if you had seen them maybe three, four, five years prior, they would have been the one that you said. You know what? Maybe I see some promise here. I'm willing to swallow the gold star bucket because I see that this is showing me he or she is willing you know, to keep moving ahead. And yeah. and maybe you just happen to walk in that day and they're already at that, you know, other end, not the end, there's mm-hmm. never an end, but a farther over of the tipping point of that trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. A lot of the best teachers that I know still maybe in the last year or two have had emotional breakdowns in front of kids. <laughs> But they knew how to they knew how to walk children through it. Like yeah. they knew how to explain why they were upset. They were able to say that they were stressed. Here's why I'm stressed out, and just explaining the way through it. And that's one of those things I can really respect is not only people who can admit that that's happened to them, but who can tell me why they were able to walk themselves yeah. out of it and still come out better for it yeah. on their behalf and on the children's behalf. I took. Do you want a story? Oh, I was going to oh, tell sorry. them, too. No, I okay. I took a bunch of instruments away from one-year-olds yesterday. Because? Because it was making me grouchy. And I just said... But Heather did you is, own it? I said, Miss Heather is too grouchy for that much noise, so I'm going to put these away and let's do something else. But I felt like a piece of shit for <laughs> taking away their tambourines. But hold on, and I'll own that. I'll own that because I probably would have had that same kind of, oh, shit, I know better. I shouldn't be doing this. But, and the thing you did different than maybe a lot of other people in the profession is that you actually honestly stated why. Mm -hmm. You know, right now, this is really kind of making me kind of crabby and frustrated, and I'm needing to control the environment. Not you. I need to control the environment. Mm -hmm. This I'm not taking everything away from you because I'm crabby or reacting and overreacting. I'm saying that this noise is really, I need this noise to go away for a little bit. And you didn't make it their fault. Again, which doesn't mean that you all have to go in a timeout, which doesn't mean that you're bad kids. It means that right now I I need this to happen. But you were willing to own it. And I think that when kids become accustomed to that kind of willingness to disclose they normalize to that 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and I definitely, if I were a four-year-old, <laughs> or if I were a one-year-old, say, maybe four-year-old just because this is about to be a really adultified explanation of feelings, but um, if I was if I was in that classroom and my teacher took away all of our instruments while I was playing them and said, I'm taking these away because I can't handle the noise right now, that's a lot different than the teacher coming to me and taking those toys and be like, you're being too loud. Mm-hmm. You're, or you're hurting my, my ears. You're hurting you're my ears. Miss Heather, sad. <laughs> yeah. And hold on. I have to say something important, even though I'm stirring my Brussels sprouts. <laughs> okay. The, the The reality is also that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time that doesn't really bother you, uh-huh. and you're allowed to have the instruments. So today, or for the rest of the yeah. day, them not being a choice. That's not the hill I'm going to die on as a four-year-old because I know that I can go do everything else in the room. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you still want to tell your story? I kind of forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to go in a different direction for a second, for a while. You so Lisa, you've really talked a lot and Travis kind of jumped on top of what you were saying um, about coaching that just side by side, talking a teacher through, even just us explaining our motivations can kind of be coaching for the people around us. Um, you know, the mean girls thing, where, where's that coming from? Why do you think that's the case? Whatever. So that's, I think, an excellent point if we're going to move, if we're going to close up the disconnect a little bit. But I, so, so where this took me was, because I think a lot about accreditation standards, because I mm. I work in centers the last several years that have been accredited through one organization. And it's so frustrating and, oh. to me. Yeah. It's so frustrating to me because the focus is really on shelves and what's on the shelves <laughs> and not people. And how many cupboards are in the shelf and how, how many, many cupboards sh- right, are and, in the... And are they labeled yeah. and, and do I have 17 different sets of counting bears and all that stuff? But I really think that... Well, we can keep on that and to why that is, but... You know, yeah. maybe that's a podcast. Right. I, and absolutely, absolutely it is. But what I thought more and what I think more and more is that accreditation, QRIS kinds of systems really need to focus more on the people. And there needs to be some sort of testing of the people element, I think, about childcare okay. theory. Okay. So Wh- one, class, class. I love class. Yeah. I Class tried to do that. Oh, okay. And in the beta testing, when it first came out, what it told us was that American teachers of preschoolers have no idea how to have relationships or conversations with children. That was the, now I don't know how it's been modified since that data came out. Uh I can't speak to that. I just know that out the gate, we went, huh, guess what? We don't know how to do what we thought we really knew how to do. Uh Second point, when I was writing my thesis, I posited that wouldn't it be awesome if there was some kind of like you know fill in the bubble test that you could take that found out your temperament temperament and disposition if if in fact not your temperament because I know that exists but like like based on what we know a good quote-unquote preschool teacher needs to have wouldn't it be awesome if there was some kind of a tool that already existed so like part of your interview process is that you have to take this test Mm -hmm. Sure enough, we found that somebody in Toronto had made one. Oh. And she wrote about it in her doctoral dissertation. I, I think I, I don't know if I met you guys then. But anyway, 
Anyway, I had been in conversation. We couldn't find the actual tool that she created, but we had the report. Maybe, Travis, you're nerdy enough. Maybe you can find this. She was from the University of Toronto, and her dissertation was about could you actually, like, decide before they became a preschool teacher if they should actually be the preschool teacher, and they created some kind of a device. So I was like, well, why the hell do I need to get a doctorate because this chick already created (laughs) that would help Yeah. And I can't find it. Yeah. Sorry for the, you no, know, sidebar. No, no, that's really, that's really interesting. I just, I, I think that in most of the classrooms I've been in of accredited centers over the last 30 years, I've covered all my tracks now. No one's going to think I'm singling them out. Um, I don't think that there are many teachers who could say, what does it mean that you are accredited? What, what are you doing differently for children other than to say what kinds of things they added to their room and their portfolio box before someone came in. And, and I think that, so they think that they, I'm about ready to hold up a sign that says, don't get me started on accreditation. Right. And that was, that's not my intention. I just, I just, I do think that part of it is we have, nobody knows what it really means. Nobody knows what it really means. And if, if I think that an accredited center would be much more, level quality after the visitor is gone if it was the teacher's understanding you don't think so i am not sure that anybody who actually goes through the accreditation process understands why they're jumping through those hoops right not the accreditation process as it stands now i think it could be changed so that teachers have to know more I think about it's it. more of an individual but see that's that's I mean I there's the rub uh-huh. you know you're looking for your program to get accredited mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you still need the individual people within that that center yeah. to somehow buy in to the entire process uh-huh. that to me is the disconnect that's a huge disconnect to me yeah hey okay Travis your turn on the matter of accreditation, I am thankful to live in a, or to work in a part of the United States where if I said there was an accrediting or an accrediting body for early childhood programs, most of the parents <laughs> I would see would be like, oh, really? No way. Because for the most part, the only accredited programs we have are the big national chains. Uh-huh. And they don't even have to advertise it because nobody cares. Right. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody cares. Nobody thinks that it makes it better or worse. Uh-huh. Um, right now, we, we're just having to wrestle with our QRS, which yeah. is, you know. Can I so is <laughs> Can I... part of the, Okay, so not to get overly specific where all y'all live individually, but Travis, where you are, if you were to get the highest score on an accreditation scale, is it because you were a five on a QRS scale? Like, is it like, do you have to get nationally accredited in order to get the top out of that QRS? Not necessarily. Not yet. Not necessarily here. Um, Here, they're still, it's still beta. It's not required. It's completely voluntary to join it. Um, I think it's only three states. Where it's actually required, but yeah, 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 for sure. Um, 
But for the most part, we do have a lot of um, things in place so that teachers can get an education. I know we've had, I know, well, I know every state has the teach scholarship for the most part. Am I wrong about that? The no. teach scholarship. But here in Nebraska, it's very far reaching on who qualifies for it just because there is such a shortage of teachers. So that's really nice. However, I mean, we've had these conversations where I've been invited to go sit in on classes at <laughs> the local colleges and just had to refrain from getting up and walking out while they were talking just because, I mean, there's just so many moving parts involved in building a good teacher that I don't have any kind of faith that there's any formula for making it happen. I think it's just you have to have the passion and you have to have the ability to reflect, and those aren't things that you can necessarily teach people. Hey, so when you years. Have you ever listed those moving parts out? Because I think that's a good book for us to write. There's so many moving parts and building. Sure. Um, This is maybe not the same thing that you're talking about, but in the book Training Teachers, A Harvest of Theory and Practice by Margie Carter and Deb Curtis. Crickets, crickets, crickets. You can't see it, duh. (laughs) um no so they 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 outline i think there's seven or nine core dispositions of master teachers and it's stuff like stuff that oh no that's no that's their developmental stages this is just core dispositions of of teachers and it's like delight in and be curious about child's development what so do you know did this get created perhaps after or before the Toronto stuff that I might be talking about. Do you know, um, do you have a date uh, let an author of this? It's Deb Curtis and Margie Carter. Okay, so that's going to be in it's the last. the Training thing. Teachers book, which I probably have right next to me here. I know that I first read it mm, more than 15 years ago, probably. Okay, so that means that the Toronto people might have used that potentially as some kind of a of a baseline. Let me see it. I have that book upstairs. Okay. Changed so my I'll, life. Let me just say did that. It? Mm. Say it again. Then if it changed your life, everything if, they write is magic. Give it a shameless plug. Um, training teachers, a harvest of theory and practice by Margie Carter, Deb Curtis. And it looks like 1994. Holy crap. Yeah. Some of you listening weren't even born yeah. yet. So the dispositions, Shoot. the court that was before I got married. <laughs> It was between my children. The uh, the core dispositions are delight in and be curious about children's development, value well, children. Hold on, you're going to read these. Slow just, down and just say say number one and number do it one. All seven. Number one, delight in and be curious about children's development. Okay. Number two, value children's play. So I would just say value play, mm-hmm. but okay, three. Yeah. Three, expect continuous change and challenge. Expect change and challenge, mm-hmm. okay. Um, be willing to take risks and make mistakes. <laughs> be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, provide time for regular reflection. Uh, between, for their own selves. Mm-hmm. So reflection, okay. Um, seek collaboration and peer support. Collaboration. And then the last Find- one. Find your tribe. Yes, the last one is be a watchdog and a whistleblower. And none of these things are really things that you can be taught in right. school or or even 
by a coach. Or or, yeah. or test for. How or do you test, test for, yeah. for this? How do you or how do you assess for this? Yeah. Like anybody like I even learned that in my masters. Like everybody 100% of my respondents said that they valued block play. Uh-huh. But then you go and watch them in the classroom and I'm not throwing any of them under the no. bus. I'm honest to god I'm not because there were 99,000 variables that impacted why they said that they did but why their practice uh-huh. didn't reflect what they said. But that's number 2. Everybody is going to say that they value play, but maybe the environment doesn't support it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guarantee no. you that I guarantee you that yes. the person I was working with today would say she values children's play, but when she brought out new blocks and the kids just started dumping them out of buck boxes and carrying them around, all she could say was, "Come and sit and build with me." <laughs> but see, then that circles back to your original list which is look at him all he does is dump everything out exactly so the lens the lens through which we see their behavior i wouldn't even say their play but the lens through which we see children's behavior always we always need somebody to potentially assist us in reframing it Mm -hmm. and i'm i am going to share with you a story when i had my center in rochester i was hanging out on the toddler side of the playground one day and there was a kid who probably could have manipulated the bike, like maneuvered like the wheels, like, you know, to the pedals. Uh-huh. But all he kept doing was banging them into the back of this kid's legs. And the teacher was getting all like, ah, rah, 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 rah. And I wasn't looking to be anything other than me. Mm-hmm. And I said to the boy, you're wondering what his knees do when you bonk him from the back. <laughs> And she looked at me and she said, like, honest to God, her face fell, fell. And she was like, I never stopped to think mm, good about her. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, it's not always from a negative bad lens, but if that's how you see it. And she wasn't like, that wasn't her MO, uh-huh. but I think she was ready like, and I wasn't out there thinking, today's the day I'm going to allow her to see behavior in a different way. Like, that wasn't <laughs> my intention. I saw her getting frustrated. I threw my angle in. Yeah. And she went, huh. Yeah. Well, good. And, and she was and, probably already on our side of the fence. Like, right? that's but, the thing. Is... She didn't, needed a, a, either a push or a okay, I'm kind of on the right track and the owner slash boss of the school just kind of gave me permission. You know, I don't, I don't know. There's like 99 variables, but I just know that reframing, and this is, I'm going to give a nod to Dan because I have to, when I stopped seeing more, the, the, oh, I love the, that quote. Yeah. Stop. You want to say it? I don't remember. It's your podcast. No, go. Stop <laughs> making moral issues out of developmental. Yes. yes. That right. kid was not like, I want to kill him. I want to break his knees. He was like, look, every time I smack him, his knees kind of bend. His <laughs> knees kind of bend. His knees kind of bend. It's the all kid, an experiment. And, uh, will it happen again? And will it happen again? And what I found interesting was that the kid that it was happening to didn't really seem to mind. <laughs> like, the only person it was bothering was the toddler teacher who thought uh-huh. that somehow, because of the Kool-Aid she drank, uh-huh. that because her owner was watching, like, she's now thinking that this should be something that she reacts 
to, and I gave her permission to reflect and respond instead of reacting. I've definitely seen a tendency almost everywhere I've been to define good teaching as correcting behaviors or or not having misbehavior is is when you're a good teacher and like that's our only focus and i think when someone's watching you that just intensifies for some people um well sorry i'm hogging tonight and i'm sorry for but that to me circles back to the conversation that also people don't want to have which is the invisible competition between teachers oh yeah my kids are good so i'm a better teacher Mm -hmm. my room is asleep i'm a better teacher my newsletter did not get thrown in the trash. I'm a better teacher. Mm-hmm. My bulletin board looks better, so I'm a better teacher. And that's I why I that have fight. started saying, <laughs> I, oh, I've started saying, stop defining yourself by your bulletin board. And if that's all you got, then you should probably leave. Right. You can do some scrapbooking. Right. Because if that's all you're bringing to the table, I don't necessarily want you on the part of our team. And I realize that sounds pretty harsh, but like there's, come on, man, there's so much more to this profession yeah. than your bulletin board and whether or not they're napping. Yeah. Okay. But can like I, the invisibility, I know you got to wrap it up, but. Well, I, I want to we, ask one not- more thing and then I, we do, cause we're getting close to an hour. I think this may be two episodes. <laughs> um, so I want to, I want to, one of, the, <laughs> one of the things that that has come to mind too as I'm listening to to you two is um, how much and and this is tied to the quote but takes us a little bit away from it but these things that people are saying about children in the quotes in the examples that Carol gave us um, it's rude it's rude but how much of it do you think is socializing like teachers just wanting to talk and be social. I think it's maybe teachers using adult language to describe what they're seeing yeah. and forgetting that it still needs to be filtered through a DAP lens. Yeah. But then also, I have a therapy background. So my first thought is, so who told you that you were bossy and who told you <laughs> that you were, you know, I mean, yeah. that's just where I default. I don't always lead with that because yeah. that's not appropriate. But I would be lying if I didn't admit that that's where my brain goes. Yeah. So you're seeing this through own eyeballs, your own experience, your own lens. And every human is going to do that. The thing is that at some point, not to, uh, hold on, that's going to sound kind of clumsy. It's it's not that you're negating perhaps your own experience. It's that you got to realize that the experience you're in right now, you might not need to put any of your own stuff on to this. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have like a and help me, somebody, because you both are watching me do this thing, like a, like a, like a, n- not a filter, that's not the right word, but like a, like, like a dam, like, like usually it's all coming through, but every now uh, and again you gotta be like, ah, stop, yeah. like I need I think to that might be it. a dike, not a might dam. Might be. Anyway, your just, nails are pretty while like, you Like usually gesture. it's all coming through, everything's <laughs> fine. But every now and again, you got to be like, yeah. mm, like drop that down yeah. because where I'm going with it isn't, that's me uh-huh. and it's not really what's on, un, what's unfolding in front of me. Yeah. I just, I ask because, because of my own lens, um, because I often get labeled as snobby or hard to approach or, um, intimidating or whatever, because I don't engage in this kind of conversation when teachers want to, I, I, sometimes I just walk away or I do like a little bit of a, 
oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I wonder what he was thinking before he did that or something like that. Um, or like the other day, I just said, you know, she's a human being and she just heard you say that <laughs> when somebody was saying something crazy about a toddler in front of a toddler. And But let me tell you something that's a pat on the back to you is that you might be actually for the first time ever somebody calling somebody to the carpet in the most professionally appropriate manner as possible, right? In the uh-huh. fact that what you just did you would not stand for, right? And nor is it appropriate. And I'm going to remove myself from the situation because I have no power over it. But I don't want to. <laughs> but be I a don't part want to be part of it. Yeah, I just you know I I think so much of the negativity and the gossip that tends to be a problem in some centers is is just because it's an easy way of socializing with each other. Um, so I wondered how that, that maybe factored right there, in. Some that things. right there is an awesome pod topic. Write that down. That gossip is is an, an easy way of socializing, and it's superficial, uh-huh. right? So, like, if I, at the end of the day, don't really – this sounds mean, but if I don't really love you or really that really care about you, not that I think that you're bad or anything, but, like, <laughs> if the only way that I can connect with the people that I'm working with is to, like, engage in this, uh-huh. then mm, – Maybe I'm willing to do that, even though I don't believe I should be. I don't know. Maybe there's a conversation there as well. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if I call that gossip, though. I think no, it's more... but I, I think it kind of falls into a category like random like, small like, talk gossiping about really the kids. I mean, I think I don't know. Well, I would think- say that <laughs> I would say that the appeal of gossip is that we grew up all of our lives seeing people do it who are in positions of power. So a lot of times when we are in positions of power, we feel like we have the sudden freedom to do stuff like that. So, and that's what, that's one of the things I don't like about centers, um, places that are institutional and have multiple classrooms and multiple teachers in charge of them is that that's a lot of people Uh with authority complexes (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> everybody is in a Damn position it, of power and separate from on. each other. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, that's, so, I mean, so Lisa, you talk all people, the time about us, people who get into this because they like bossing little kids around, and I think that's well, and that's, what Travis is saying. And that's why centers like, are so difficult to manage. Yeah. Amen. And that's why they should be there anyway, but that's in my book. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, any last thoughts? Hold on. We probably should. Oh, wait, Lisa Selfie. and I are taking pictures. Cheese. Sorry you're not in it, Travis. Riveting Ugh. listening, I'm sure. <laughs> See, Lisa, people will tune in to hear you take a selfie. <laughs> That's kind of sad. That's how big you've become. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's offensive. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You know what I mean. No, now let me give a shout out that's yes. not related to anything. Here's what I love about the two people that I've had the honor to be chatting with tonight, although I felt that Travis was, I don't know, what the hell, he where, quiet, where have you been? Where you, um, is that, what, four hours ago, you were like, hey, so my evening's free. Y'all want to <laughs> chat? And we all were like, sure. So, I... One, I'm grateful that I'm included in that text, and three, uh, two. <laughs> oh, that's um, so sad. That I'm, I saw the wine. I, <laughs> I, I just think it's awesome. Actually, that's my first glass today. Oh. Um, I think it's really awesome that um, I can only speak for myself, that at a moment's notice that there's people that if I really, really, really needed to talk to about something – 
I could be like, yo. And so thanks. Yay. Thank nope, you. Nope. Sorry Rob. to get all sappy. No, I did get nope. all teary for real. When am I cooking? about for... it later. I don't know. Okay. okay. All right. Travis, do you have any last thoughts? Do you want to say anything nice about me? Uh, do I ever? <laughs> I'm still waiting to fight with you. I know. I'm going to find something. We're going to fight. When we talk about this gossip episode, Don't we will definitely worry. have something to fight about. Okay, well, I'll look for a quote. So that's coming, folks. <laughs> Got an episode about gossip. All right. Thank you guys for being on. Thank you, thank you everyone. Thank you. For listening. And we'll see you on another episode. Bye. 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 <laughs> that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks.